This is Roof English Radio with Darenata, daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Roof. Hello, this is Roof English Radio and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company today. If you're listening to this conversation on the day it's published, it is, of course, Halloween. And you go into pretty much any shop in Iceland in the weeks, if not months, leading up to Halloween. And you will see that these places are bedecked with all kinds of Halloween items that you can purchase. And you might think when you see that, that Halloween has been around and celebrated in Iceland for a very, very long time, but that is not the case. And who better to confirm that for me than a friend of Ruve English Radio, who of course was on the service on a few occasions over the course of the summer. Helga Volitsen joins me once again. Helga, thanks very much for your time. Thank you for coming over. Happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. Yes, but it's not been celebrated for that long, has it, in Iceland? No, not as such. Um, Halloween, as we see it today, is quite new in Iceland. Uh, we actually sent out a survey in 2001 asking about Ash Wednesday and Halloween. Mm. And the people that answered the survey back then knew about Halloween, but they had not celebrated it and were not f- familiar with the celebration of it. And actually, many of them thought of it as a bad influence coming from the US. <laughs> uh, and they connected a lot with consumerism and, and just imported holidays instead of yeah. our own. But so what is the line that we're going to trace here then? Because as I say, at first glance, Halloween has certainly been adopted here in Iceland. It is very popular. But how far do we want to draw the line back? Where do you want to start? I want to start back at the settlement dates, actually, as far back as you can go here in Iceland. Because um, even though uh, Halloween or All Hallows Eve isn't a, a tradition as we see it today, an old tradition, it falls on a, on a very special time of year in Iceland, uh, which has a lot of old traditions that fit quite well with uh, Halloween. So um, back in the day, this would be the end of summer. Uh, we had the first day of summer in April, and, and well, throughout the ages, there would only be two seasons, seasons in, in Iceland. We had summer and we had winter. And the new year would be in the winter, would start in the end of October. Since the first day of summer is always a Thursday, the last day of summer is always a Wednesday, but the first day of winter isn't until the Saturday after. So you have a few days there in between, yeah. uh, actually exactly this period of year, right. time of year. You have this magic time, uh, special time. Yeah, um, because a lot of a lot of places around the world think of Halloween as the point where two worlds, if they don't collide, it's almost like there's a veil between the two worlds at, at most times of the year, but not at this time of the year. Uh, no, this is a liminal space, so you yeah, have there's yeah. a very very thin veil, if any. Uh, because it's it's the period in between before something new starts, the new year, yes. the new winter starts. Uh, so so it's very easy to get in contact with the, the dead and with uh, ghosts and, and all the creatures of, of the night. So we can go back to that point. We can trace something that feels Halloween-y and a bit creepy, perhaps, and a bit ghostly back to that point. Yes, I would say so. Okay. And then, of course, after Christianity is adopted here in, in around the year 1000, uh, uh, Hollow, All Hallows Day or All Saints Day, the 1st of November was uh, a quite sacred day in Iceland for centuries and actually even after the Reformation this, they kept on uh, celebrating the All Saints Day or All Hallows Day yes. uh, up until the 1770s 
Halloween is the Hallow Eve. It's the evening before All Saints yes. Day. So, so they, there is a strong connection. And what I find especially interesting is that connected with this was that you were supposed to give, give alms to the poor. You were supposed to help uh, other people. Yeah. Uh, it was a big feast around this time of year. And of course, you had all the fresh food from, from the slaughter. Slaughter times just passed. Um, so part of it is giving thanks. And also, we have a little mix with All Souls uh, mm-hmm. Day. That's the 2nd of November, where you're also supposed to, to think of the poor and, and give alms. Uh, so we get a little mix of, of, of traditions there coming with the church from Europe. Uh, but they were celebrated for the longest time. So when we get into the 20th century then, you said people who have memories of being, well, the lights have just gone off, that's a bit creepy, isn't it? <laughs> when you've got people that you spoke to um, who have memories of being children in the 40s and 50s, but no memory of celebrating Halloween as we do now, what kind of commemoration or celebration was taking place at this, at this time of year, if any? Many of them actually remember what they called Svedamessa, Svith being, of course, the head of the sheep. Um, so again, because of the fresh meat, it was traditional to, to eat fresh. And, and um, this Svida Mesa is uh, an old tradition, a remnant of the tradition from the, the old days. So I think that's probably the newest part up until the 21st century when we start seeing Halloween coming in yeah. uh, through the media. And, and that's where it comes from then. That's where modern Halloween comes from. It's a straight import from, I guess, America. Yes, America, yeah. or as people like to say it now, from Ireland via America. Yes. Because, of course, yes. we, we are more connected with our Irish roots than importing yes. stuff from yes. the U.S. But I, I think, personally, I like this tradition. Uh, this is the darkest time of year. Yeah. We don't have any yeah. snow yet. Christmas lights aren't up yet. Well. Uh, some <laughs> of them are getting up, okay, sure. But also, it, it means we have something to do. Yes. Uh, and having small kids myself, it's actually quite nice to have some break in school, something going on that they can think of instead of, like I used to when I was a kid, I was so excited about Christmas already at the end of October. And it's far, far away. (laughs) It's a long time to wait. Well, I think that's all accelerating though, isn't it? Because people, if you drive around any Icelandic town, you will see that winter lights at the very least, if not Christmas lights, are already up in quite a few houses. And you can feel almost as if Freddy Krueger gets pushed out of the way for Mariah Carey at the end of October. We're having a conversation on Halloween, I guess, on All Hallows Eve Eve, aren't we? The day before yeah, Halloween. The day before, the, the day and, before, before. And here in the museum, we've come to the learning and sorcery exhibit and if you are a fan of the museum of sorcery in holmavik in the westfields which i am i know you are as well i've I've been there you've been there indeed we did a show there on roof english a couple of months ago some of this looks quite familiar what's in this exhibit Uh, we have a lot of magical items Uh, we have also items about leisure but i'm not going to talk about them today i wanted actually to show you this case here uh, and this exhibit it's one of my favorites, um, especially the bedboard we have up here. Yeah, so that, that's a bedboard. It's a wooden panel, uh, about a meter and a half long, perhaps, and it's very beautifully carved, but I can see that there are staves on there. There are magical markings. The one on the right, for example, looks a bit like a hat. I don't think it is a helm of all, but it's the similar sort of shape. It is. Uh, I think that one over there is. Um, and yeah. this is also, but these are heathen marks trying to fight off the uh, evil of darkness and then. Hmm catch some some luck but also you can see the Hölva letter the lettering this is actually a, a bedtime 
um, verse, you would say. It's well, what is the lettering? Because it, it doesn't look like runes. No, it's höfðaletur. It's a very okay. typical Icelandic lettering. It was used a lot to carve uh, on everything, actually. Um, so you see it a lot from the 18th, 19th century. Okay. And do we know what it says? Yes. Vertu guð fáðir fáðir minn í frelsaran sér svo nafni. So um, this is a, a Christian verse. Uh, it's a prayer, actually, um, asking God and, and Jesus to, to wake over you and, and watch over you while you sleep. It's interesting because, uh, as I say, we've got the staves on either side which are associated with Icelandic magical tradition, which is not necessarily Christian, although there is no, some Christian influence, isn't there? Yes, with the heathen runes, actually. Yeah, it's built yeah. upon the runes. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's it's a very... It shows how pragmatic people were and always had been because you do whatever it takes to stay safe. Yes. So, And below that, there are two framed documents. The one on the left, um, we could do with a bit more light, actually, to, <laughs> to see it more clearly, but it's a uh, framed document with circles drawn in, concentric circles drawn in red ink. And on the right is something that looks a little bit more recognisable as a series of staves arranged almost in a tree-like form. What's going on in these documents? Yeah, this is an Aaron's rod, supposed to give you health and, and happiness. This is the one that looks like a tree. The one that looks yeah. like a tree. And the, the other one is uh, King Solomon's insignia. And actually you're supposed to draw it with blood and then put it in your pocket and then silver will seek into that pocket. So these aren't from the grimoires then? No. No. But I think you have here in this case... Yes. Is this one of the grimoires, one of the magic books? This is one of the magic books, yeah. yes. Okay. Uh, I believe it be belonged to, to the Reverend Helge Seusson, who's one of, the, one of the founders of the museum, actually. Okay, okay. Uh, where he got it from, I don't know. Then we have some magical symbols mm. and, and uh, things to help you fight off illness and, and badness. And this little one here, Spauvala, it's one of my favorites. It looks like a tooth. No, it's a bone. It's, it's a bone. The, yeah, it's the bone between uh, in the leg from a sheep between the, okay. the femur. Going back to Halloween, is there, would you say, an Icelandic twist still on Halloween? Because, like I say, you go into any shop and the decorations that are up look quite conventional. You've got spiders' webs and skulls and all sorts of plastic tats. Is, <laughs> is there still anything traditional left, do you think, about an Icelandic Halloween, or has it been absorbed? Uh, I think it has been absorbed because it's gone out and come back, and yeah. it, all of it builds on old traditions. But I like uh, what they do, for instance, in the Outbar Museum, when they had their Halloween show there. Yeah. It's the open-air museum. It's the open-air yeah, museum yeah. up in Outbar. Um, they cut out uh, turnips which apparently is the original um, Halloween pumpkin uh, lantern. Yes, so they would, yes. yeah. So they do that, and, and which makes much more sense in Iceland than, than the, the pumpkins. The pumpkins. Well, that would happen in the UK as well, just because turnips are much easier to get hold of than pumpkins. But although I was never old enough to be trusted with the knife myself, I know that they're much harder to carve than pumpkins. They're much more difficult. Yes, the, the pumpkins are hollow inside, yes, so it's easy yes. to empty them out. How do children celebrate then? Again, in America, you've got children that will go around from door to door. They will do trick-or-treating, they'll sing a little song, and maybe they'll get some, some sweets or some candy, as Americans would say. Does that happen here? Uh, some neighborhoods it does. Uh, I am so fortunate. I live in a very new neighborhood. It wasn't built until the 2005, 2010. It started 
really growing. Mm. So there's a lot of children there. And as a new neighborhood, they, they decided early on that we're going to have a strong Halloween tradition. So there is actually uh, a lot of, of houses and families participating. They have ghost houses and, and you can see everything that has... Uh, so, so we have like, the, everyone has the Facebook page for the neighborhood. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's advertised there for two hours on, on Halloween. You can go around to the different houses and those that have lights or decorations will give out candy. So we have a lot of little ghosts and ghouls and everything running right. around. This is getting more and more popular now. Yeah. See more and more neighborhoods do the same thing. Uh, because Öskudagur, uh, as Wednesday, is the day when we would go singing for candy when I was a kid. Uh, and well, yeah, the main difference is we would sing for it, uh, work for it. <laughs> and the other difference is that you would go to stores and get it handed uh, from, from the stores. But now you go to private homes and, and chicken treating is, is uh, done in, in your neighborhood. Um, but the costumes are the same, and I must say, I always love dressing up as a kid, so I think it's a good thing to have two times a year you can do yes. it. And, and your children, what do they want to go as this year, have they told you? Yeah, my daughter <laughs> wants to go as a dead nerd, and my son wants to be the Grim Reaper. A dead nerd? Yeah, it's a nerd, it's someone in a plaid shirt with glasses, apparently. Who's dead? And who's dead? <laughs> well, listen, good luck with that, good luck with the, the costume. As we're here at the museum, I know that there is an exhibition, a major exhibition, which is unrelated to Halloween, but it starts this weekend. So tell me a little bit about that. Yes, it's a great exhibition. Uh, it's part of our birthday year because we are 160 years old this year and celebrating all year long. Mm -hmm. And it's called Creative Hands. Uh, it's actually built around the research of one of our former colleagues, Elsa Guðjónsson, um, who was one of Iceland's foremost experts in textiles and worked a lot and wrote a lot. Uh, and I think everyone who has worked mm. just a little bit with Icelandic textiles know her work. These are fi 15 cloths uh, with late and coached embroideries uh, from the Middle Ages. 15 uh, is the number of them that have, been, that have survived in the world. Okay. Nine are preserved in Iceland, in, in the National Museum and the rest of them come from abroad. And this is the first time ever, I think, that all of them are exhibited in the same exhibition. Okay. Well, we'll put a link up to that on the page that accompanies this episode from Roof English Radio. And that starts this weekend, so the weekend after Halloween. And then, as you say, before we know it, we will be into Christmas. And maybe just a quick word on what's coming up here, because a real treat for fans of a traditional Icelandic Yule. We are so lucky at the National Museum that the, the Icelandic Yule lads are good friends of ours. Mm. So they, as listeners might know, come to, to downtown from the mountains one by one uh, for 30 nights in a row in December. And for the last 30 years, they have been visiting the museum okay. uh, in the morning after they come and, and they give small presents in the shoe for every kid that has the shoe in so the it's window. It's the first thing they do when they come down from the mountains. Yes, yeah. they come here. and. Okay. Uh, as the kids say, these are, this is the real thing. They go to parties all or, you know, all in the school and everywhere, and that's actors, and the kids know those are actors. But those that come here to the National Museum are the true sons of mm. Greenland, Lepolule. So that will be at the start of the Christmas countdown, sometime in December? Yes, uh, the first one comes on the 12th of September, uh, of December, yes. sorry. Uh, and then it's every day at 11 a.m. Well, I think I'll be back here 
to preview that. I don't think you could keep me away. It's the best Christmas tradition to, to come in and see them. All right. Well, listen, we've covered lots of ground today. Helga, thank you very much once again for taking us through Halloween, for previewing Christmas, and of course, the exhibition that's coming here to the museum this weekend as well. This is Roove English Radio. I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your time. Get in touch with us anytime if you like. We are English at ruv.is. There is more from Ruv English with all the news from Iceland in English at ruv.is slash English. Ruv English Radio is a daily English language radio from Iceland's national broadcaster, Ruv.